Live from the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm here just with John McMullen, who's got to run our board today and be our producer. Uh, everybody else has either family or uh, work obligations today. So. Or as we just found out, somebody's going to a baby shower. Mm, I yeah, accused well, him that he was mm, giving birth, but mm, yeah, no, he didn't. He said no. Yeah, <laughs> and and then Charlie Dyer just told me it's going to rain tomorrow. Good it thing is. I get got, just got my car washed. Yeah, right. <laughs> but people wash their cars eighteen times a week in Southern California, Todd. Well, I mean, I don't do it that often. It's just a pain in the ass to do. And and have you noticed the price of car washes have gone up a lot? That's why you have to go to these car washes that sell you like a pass for the month. Right. You know, and that's, I think what, uh, Charlie gets his washed all the time. Sure. And, and but, that's what he does. Right. But he drives for a living many times. Part of the time. Yeah. yeah part of the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. So he's, uh, uh, he has become a quick fan of quick quack. Quick quack. Well, and they're building one literally two blocks from my house. I, I used to take my car to Quick Quack, but when I bought the Tesla, I was told not to take it to Quick Quack. Why is that? Something about the automated system that that it puts it through the the, the tracks, and, oh. and the, you know Tesla thinks it's going to it could possibly you know hurt the battery. I mean you know not 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 actually discharge the battery, but do something underneath the car. You know, That's something that most people don't think about when they're thinking about buying a car. Is you know. Those kinds of things that you do in your everyday life that could have an impact on it. Yeah. I Important mean, to find that out. It'd be interesting to know who is the keeper of the real information on that. Like, does yeah. Tesla tell you not to do that, or is it Tesla never guides? says that. It's, it's, it's basically the, the Tesla online forums that tell you never to take your car there. Yeah. And they so, might just be snobbish, I, though. You, you, you think? I do. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I mean, I, I've taken my car to I a couple of I think about most washes. of the people I know that own Teslas. And you're like the only one I know that isn't, you know, a little with their nose in the air. Uh, I'm pretty good about it. I, but I've been waiting yeah. a long time for that car. Yeah. You know, I, I waited for over two and a half years to get that car. You've had so. it about that long now, right? Yeah. I, well, I've got it. It's close. A, yeah, it's cl- close to two years now. And I've had exactly zero maintenance done. That's nice. <laughs> I've done nothing. I, I think I'm going to have to replace the tires in six months. Wow. <laughs> what do those run? No more than any other car. Any other tires. car, right? No, yeah. I mean you know it's going to be a few, you know, like two or three hundred dollars a tire. So, you know. where do you get your tires? Man, I get mine at Kmart. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, I, when I, when I had the Charger, they were that much. They were like two fifty, three hundred a piece. Yeah, yeah, they were not cheap. I like this ride you have. It's sleek and it's quiet and it's uh, it's pretty decked out. It's fast. Yeah. We like fast. It is fast. Alrighty. So let's let's get into some car news. Did you know that they're having a bad time in China with this little COVID nineteen thing? No. No. <laughs> is that slowing down car sales? Eighty percent last month. Wow. Yeah. And that and then Toyota and, to, and, and to think you could get in your car and it's one place that you could be free of having to worry about get the virus. Have you seen the maps that they've print that they've uh, published about what the from space or whatever it is that looks like you know the pollution in china before and after oh it is like this it's this you know the maps show all this you know dark oranges and reds over china right usually now it's a green and blue 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's nobody out. Maybe this was maybe this was a ploy by environmentalists. <laughs> the whole thing has cleaned up the entire because you know if you've seen pictures of China, I mean, it literally is like smog city. Yeah. There's many places in China that are just terrible. Right. You know, and, and with nobody out, nobody driving, apparently it cleans up the atmosphere quickly. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. So it, it, it took a hit. I mean, uh, Toyota sales took a 70% hit in China. And GM uh, and Mercedes and BMW all took the same hits. We're going to kill thousands of people, but hey, in the meantime, others, millions of others are going to get to live on. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. But you know, th- this is this is the kind of thing that spreads through almost every industry. I mean, you know, uh, Brian was complaining about, you know, the, the new James Bond film, you know, No Time to Die got postponed oh i know but because of the you know i guess they didn't want to have this big thing but this ripples through everything i mean the entire car industry you, you don't realize how many parts come from china and how many you know components of bigger components come from china God, now that you mention i'm thinking that this might have been a conspiracy started by bernie sanders it could have been, but I'm not sure that's going to help. Feel them. the COVID-19 burn. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, we do have a problem with our health delivery system in the United States. So this might, you know, One or ex, two. Ex, you know expose some of the flaws. Uh, my friends at Jeep uh, released their first electric bicycle on March 1st. It has a powerful 118 pound foot of torque motor uh, thanks to a massively power Bafang Ultra, B-A-F-A-N-G, you love that name, mid-drive motor. The motor is well known to have an output of over 1.5 watts, which is you know high for a bicycle. Uh, Wait, and, this is a bicycle, not a, a motorcycle? It's a bicycle, yeah. And through Quiet Cat, I guess that's the name of the company that, that does, does it with Jeep, Quiet Cat. K-A-T, uh, they have a, a, you know, they market the bike as providing 750 watts of power. Uh, so who knows whether or not that's right. It's possible that it can hit 37 miles per hour, which is pretty fast for a bicycle. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know. Better be wearing your leathers. <laughs> well, if you can afford it. It's oh. it's fifty eight ninety nine. I guess for somebody who's a biking <laughs> enthusiast, that's not that bad. I guess, but you know, it does have cool fat tires. Yeah. I yeah. mean, most people who spend that much money for two wheels are going to want uh, more of a crotch rocket than 37 miles an it's, hour. It's entirely possible. Good, I'm sure you can do better downhill. just just a little bit better Um, okay well despite the panic over the COVID-19 virus in China Tesla's moving forward quickly on expansion of its new gigafactory in Shanghai it's not clear what they've they built an, an entire new building it went up like in just you know a few weeks, this huge new building. Uh, and they think, it, you know, people don't know what it's for, but it's probably going to be part of the assembly line for Model Y, or it could be a ver- their very own battery manufacturing facility. Hmm. So, you know, who knows? These buildings go up overnight in China. I mean, you, you know, they were building a hospital every, what, five days or something? There? Right. And I'm wondering yeah. how fast they come down when there's a shaker. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, they, they built the entire Tesla factory there in less than a year, everything. And they started producing cars in less than a year. That would never happen here. No. I mean, you know, that would be at least a two-year proposition. They just broke ground on, in uh, their, their factory in Berlin. And, you know, Germans are, uh, they're happy to see it come there because it means jobs, but they're also afraid they're going to poach their talent. And uh, it, it also shines a light that Mercedes, BMW, and Audi have been sort of slow to getting their cars on the market. And the ones that they're either the, there's the $200,000 Porsche Taycan or you have the Audi e-tron, which is you know very slow selling. They had pr- 
they'd plan on producing 80,000 of those this year, but they were told by their battery supplier, which is LG Chem, which is a Korean, a South Korean com- company, that they can only get 40,000 batteries this year. So they had to cut their entire production in half because they don't have batteries. Hmm. Yeah, they're not selling well here though because the range is very limited. They look like a, a ni- it looks like a very nice you know midsize SUV, but it has a you know range of about two hundred and three miles. And a similar Model X is you know three hundred and fifty miles. How long are we from being able to have battery operated cars that can do? 750 to 1,000 miles. Well, it's not that far away, actually, because they've, they've already talked about uh, the, the, the Tesla Cybertruck. I mean, whether you like it or not, I mean, they're talking about a range of maybe four 500 miles. Uh, the Tesla Roadster, which is, they're still testing that. Uh, Elon said it has a 600-mile range. Uh, the, the Rivian, uh, the uh, pickup trucks and their uh, SUVs, they say are going to have a 400-mile range. So, uh, And General Motors is talking about uh, their new truck have a 400-mile range. I would That's think, pretty good, though. Yeah, I would think that with these tractor-trailer uh, mm-hmm. style uh, trucks for transporting cargo, yeah. that they keep talking about being you know battery ones, right. that for those, they're going to need to get into that 1,000-mile range or something to make it practical for not having to stop and charge. It, it depends on the use of the truck for example if you're just talking about uh the port of los angeles to one of the uh distribution centers that are out here in the valley you know like in riverside over there off the 60 and stuff uh you know that's only another what 100 miles or something from the port 120 150 miles they can do that easily right now right so uh, there's a bunch of companies that are making you know tesla come has theirs uh mercedes has one too freightliner they own the 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 company freightliner uh and there's a couple of other companies that are all working on these long-haul trucks none of them have a thousand mile range but it depends on your you know if you if in a lot of companies like even the beer brewers they know exactly what the distance is from the you know from their brewery to their locations in whatever cities they are and they can probably make it to most of them on what what's available today maybe they should put solar panels on top of those 55 foot uh trailers well i don't know if it would help no probably <laughs> it's, not. it's probably not it's probably not and not enough to power it not in seattle anyway <laughs> well there is a, a a Congressman Andy Levin in Michigan is pushing a bill that would create a nationwide infrastructure for electric vehicle charging. He likened this idea to the to Eisenhower's interstate highway projects. Uh, you know, it would be require public and private sectors to work together. If established, uh, the scenarios like Ralph's, Panera Bread, McDonald's, they would all be competing to host these stations because they want people to plug in there and it would be uh-huh. but it would be a it would be a public private partnership in other words you would have federal money for this and then you'd have the local merchants or whoever else where people wanted them but it's not just the highways they want to get you know electrified it's just everywhere around town so like it's 50 miles on us for a big mac and fries yeah why not I mean, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, we, you know, I stopped, I stop at the supercharger out here, um, in Cabazon, the McDonald's out there. Okay. They've got like 20 stalls for Tesla out there. And you just, you know, you plug it in, you walk over to McDonald's to get a drink, you know, coffee, or, you know, if you want to be poisoned by the food, you can have that too. Right. And, uh, you know, and you can, but you know, by the time you're sorry uh, about that, Mr. Shalhoub, uh, no, that's right. Uh, by the, by the time, by the, by the time you've had all, you know, all of that, uh, you know, 20, 25 minutes, you have enough of a charge. I put a hundred miles 
on my car in 20 minutes. So I didn't really need much more. We got back in the car and drove back into, you know, drove into town. And so here, but it's made it very easy to do. So it's, uh, I, I think this is a great idea. The question is, could it ever go back, get past, um, the Congress, you know, the Senate today or the uh, or get uh, get it signed into law by the president. You know, they are pretty much anti electric car these days. Uh, you know, it's much more fossil fuel oriented. So we'll see if that happens. But it's H.R. five, seven, seven, zero. If you're interested in uh, learning more about the bill or, you know, writing uh, Representative Levin of Michigan about it. Okay, uh, the long-awaited 2020 CRV hybrid starts arriving in dealerships this week. It's Honda's first hybrid in the red-hot compact crossover segment, which is dominated by the likes of the CRV, the Toyota RAV4, the Nissan Rogue, uh, Ford Escape, and Chevy Equinox. The RAV4 is Toyota's best-selling car in the country. So, you know, the CRV is probably close to being Honda's best-selling car as well, uh, even more than the Civic. Uh, the C- it comes standard with all-wheel drive, which is a must in this segment. It, uh, it is rated at 40 miles per gallon in the city. By comparison, the RAV4 hybrid is rated at 41 miles per gallon uh, in the city and 38 highway and 40 combined, while the Ford Escape hybrid is 43. So they're all in that 40 mile, an hour, 40 mile ra- uh, range for MPG, which I think is pretty good. And I think, the uh, especially here in California, the hybrid uh, CRV is going to be a big seller, uh, which, you know, it's very popular. People are going to buy it, just like the RAV4 hybrid. Uh, so Honda's another, probably another hit. Um, you're listening to All Revved Up. This is Todd Bianco. I'm here with John McMullen, and we'll be right back. From the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here today with John McMullen as producer and as my occasional assistant here because my other friends have other duties to attend to. And Brian's going to a baby shower. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Uh, California registered a total market share of e- uh, hybrids and EVs combined of 13.2% for 2019, with hybrids alone at 5.5% and EVs just behind at 5.3%. But the rise of hybrids from 4.2% in 2018 was much more no- noteworthy than the EVs rise from 4.7% in 2018. On a national basis, hybrids and EVs combined amount to just 4.3% in 2019. So California is more, you know, three times times that amount a significant growth from 2000 from 2.1% in 2018 overall but still a small number light trucks including the ever popular crossovers have been the majority choice on national on a national level and in California for several year, years now but California doesn't skew quite as far towards trucks it registered roughly 4.2 42% cars and 58% light trucks in 2019 versus get this number 72% of sales in the entire nation were of 
crossovers and light trucks uh, last year versus 28% for cars. So that's a that's a huge difference as far as that goes. But so California is not as excited about big trucks as other parts of the country. Uh, the California new new vehicle market did take a hit. It tumbled five percent, five point five percent in twenty nineteen versus twenty eighteen, a far more pronounced drop than the one point one percent on a national level. And that change happened in a very pronounced way, uh, with light truck sales essentially unchanged year over year, but passenger cars fell more than twelve percent. Uh, domestic brand also sold just a shade of uh, under 30% of the California market compared to 45% nationwide. Toyota remained at the top of the market share with more than 17% in the state of California versus 20 or 20.5% if you include Lexus. So if one out of every five cars sold in California is a Toyota or a Lexus. Um, Toyota's performance was likely aided by the brand's uh, widely available availability of hybrids, including the nation's top-selling RAV4 hybrid. Um, Tesla did very well uh, for an electric car maker with just three models. It has a 3.8% share of the California market versus 1.1% nationally. With just three models, it has the highest, the higher market share than BMW, Kia, Hyundai, Jeep, VW, and Mazda. So it beat all of those as far as market share in California. Tesla sales rose just 3.3% in the state in 2019 versus 10% nationally. In the near luxury category, the Tesla Model 3 is killing it with a 43.7% share of the market, uh, nearly 60,000 registrations compared to the second uh, Mercedes, second second car on the list, which is the Mercedes C-Class with 9.9% share. So Tesla was killing it. Now, we all know that the Geneva Auto Show was canceled last week uh, because of the COVID-19 virus uh, threat. And what happened is the uh, organizers immediately made it into a virtual motor show. So didn't matter that 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 you know that people weren't attending it even though this was the 90th annual Geneva Auto Show this was they still did all their introductions they just did them over the internet uh, Bentley introduced a tw- the, the 2021 Bentley Mulliner Bacalar it's a two seat grand touring sports car which is the ultimate expression in in uh, in Bentley luxury or so they say in their press materials it's also the most expensive expensive Bentley at a cool 1.9 million dollars before options and taxes of course uh, you know it's a Bentley for the person who already has everything and needs more it's essentially a continental GT convertible uh, with a unique exterior um, interior handcrafted by Bentley's Mulliner uh, division that does all the coach work for the company uh, mechanically it's uh, not changed though from the Continental GT convertible. The W12 uh, engine uh, is, uh, you know, under the hood has been slightly tweaked to deliver just a little more horsepower at 650 horsepower and 667 pound-feet of torque. Uh, And the only exterior component shared with the Continental GT convertible are the door handles because they contain the hardware for the keyless entry system. The thing is, it doesn't have a roof. Not at all. No roof at all. No convertible top, nothing. They didn't want to bother engineering a new roof for when they were only going to make 12 of them. 12. Uh, don't worry, they're already all sold. But the the uh, you know there's there is a little more room for luggage when you don't have a convertible top to store. And the wood on the dash is five thousand year old from a naturally fallen trees uh, that uh, from 
preserved in a peat bogs, lakes, and rivers in the fenlands of East Anguilla, England. Naturally, the wood has been carefully air-dried. The name Bacalar is taken from a region in Mexico famous for its strikingly clear blue and turquoise waters. Wow. Okay. Uh, While Volkswagen has yet to show the uh, production ID4 here in the United States, that's the one that they're going to make in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and sell uh, nationally here. They showed it in Geneva, and it looks like a regular crossover. It doesn't look like anything special, but, you know, this is the one they're going to produce here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, as, you know, it's going to be a uh, probably in the high thirty thousand dollars after taxes and after you get rebates and credits, you know it's usually another ten thousand off that. So uh, that's going to be their their big uh, push in the United States for EVs if they can get their software right, which they have yet to do. So we will see. Uh, this is Todd Bianco. I'm here with John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio, and we'll be right back. from the desert cities of Southern California. Your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now here's Todd Bianco. All right. Welcome back. Uh, I'm here with John McMullen, our producer today and the guy that runs the whole place here. So I'm happy to have him here and we are... Nice to be here with you. And we are going to talk about something I bet you've never heard of before. The Center for Gravitational Wave Physics and and Astronomy at the California State University Fullerton. Never heard of them, I bet. I don't think so. No, but they received a $10 million car collection from a longstanding university supporter. It's the largest donation ever (laughs) given to the gravitational wave and physics astronomy. Who thought that uh, Jay Leno (laughs) went to school there? Yeah, who knew, right? (laughs) But, um, you know, so they will be applied to the university. Or was it Seinfeld? Uh, no, both of them have huge collections. Yes, I mean, I know. Both of them have a lot. Um, you know, Jay's monetized is better than Jerry. Jerry doesn't care about it. He just drives his own cars and mostly Porsches. But um, yeah, so they have this. It's campaign for Cal State Fullerton. You know, they're they're basically creating a big fund there. Who knew? Uh, I did not know. But they've been. Uh, they started raising on March first, and they want to raise two hundred million bucks. So the gift was of you know will fund faculty and student research in both the College of Engineering and computer science and of natural sciences and mathematics. Many of the cars in the collection were purchased directly through the factory in the 1950s. So these cars are coming from the actual original owner. This guy is a uh, basically an engineer and he bought these cars just because he loved these cars and it's really a stunning collection. I'll read you probably haven't heard of some of them but the 19, 1951 uh, Talbot Lago Grand Sport, a 1952 Jaguar XK120, 1953 uh, Pegasus uh, Z102B, one of only 84 made, a 1954 Pegasus Z102 Series 2 Cabriolet, one of 84 made, a 1956 Porsche Speedster 1600 Super, a 1956 Mercedes 
300 SL Gullwing. That alone is worth a million or two dollars. Uh, 1962 uh, Corvair Chevy Corvair Monza Spider. 1964 Alfa Romeo Giulietta Sprint Special. Uh, 1964 Porsche 904 GTS. One of only 126 made. Uh, 1966 ATS Automobili Turismo Sports, which was an Italian manufacturer. Uh, 1969 Lamborghini Muria, which is one of my favorite all-time cars. 1970 Chevy Camaro SS. 1973 Di Tommaso Pantera. And 1974 Maserati Bora. I have a Hot Wheels of that car. It's very cool. <laughs> and a 1975 um, Ferrari Dino 208 GT4, which is considered one of the most beautiful Ferraris ever made. So, th- But what's interesting to me is that they all come from the original owner. Yeah. I mean, you know, m- most of these cars like this have gone through collector and collector and collector. You know, they show up at, at auto shows. They show up and, you know, to be sold like at Pebble Beach, you know, sales or, or at Amelia Island, all these, you know, big shows for the. Does re- that actually uh, increase their valuation because they have only been handed by, handled by one owner? It, it, it does in this case, especially because they're all Southern California. They're all original California cars. Got you. So, you know, when you, ha- when you haven't had to put them on a rotisserie spit to take everything off and, you know, redo every single part of the car for another million dollars, it, it does make it, you know, these are all original. Yeah, uh, I have which, a friend which, in New England who's doing that with an MG right now, and I'm like, why? <laughs> and how much is it costing? And way I more, have no w- idea. But way, it can't way be more, cheap. way more than the MG is worth. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it just has sentimental value because it goes back to college years. Right. What did he did he own it then, or did yeah. he rebuy it? Because some people rebuy the cars that they had. Oh no, they, no, no. You know when they were when they were in college. Yeah, no, no, like, no. He's had it all yeah, along. He's had it all along. Rusting away. Rusting away. Exactly. Yeah, in New England. See, none of these cars. These were all Southern California. These were all you know in in this you know Southern. California. They were all kept by this one engineer, one guy, and he gave this big collection to this. He wants them sold. You know, it's, the school isn't going to keep them. They're going to go to auction and he, you know, to get the most money possible so that they can fund the school's engineering programs that he wants funded. But you know, that's a it's a pretty interesting gift to give for you know to Cal State Fullerton of you know of all places. Yeah, you know, it's weird. It, it is. It's a little weird in my book anyway. So for them to do something like that. Uh, Let's see. Uh, the um, uh, yeah, we were talking. Oh, that's all right. I already did this th- that one. Let's go to the Mercedes Benz. Introdu- Mercedes Benz introduced their all new 2021 E Class All Terrain. So this is an E Class wagon. It's been jacked up a couple of inches with really unattractive body cladding. So it's going to look like this. A, that thing that looks like the box. No, this thing looks like a Subaru wagon now. Oh. It, it, basically, they took a beautiful Mercedes wagon and it made it uglier. Mm. But they did it for the U.S. market so that we can buy because it looks like a crossover. I see. Yeah. Because those, those uh, Mercedes SUVs that I've seen that look like a uh, big square thing right. are the, the ugliest thing that you can spend too much money on that I've seen. The, 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 the G-Class is what they are, the uh, okay. Galundavagen or something like yeah. that. From, from But they've been making them like that for decades and decades. They, the, they do have a new one. They just re, you know they spent the money to re-engineer a new one because they're so iconic and because people pay, pay stupid money for them. Yeah. You know, it's 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 usually a type of person that buys one of those things and you know hauls around town with a you know a gigantic V eight engine sucking down gas. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's it makes a statement of some sort. I'm yeah. not sure what, but it makes a statement that you're uh, 
that your gas card is a black card or a platinum card. And, and you're a douchebag? Yeah. <laughs> that too? Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you on that. Uh, so it looks like, so it's been dubbed the Mercedes Outback because of the weird, you know, black cladding around the, you know, around the wheel wells and at the bottom to make it look rugged. Interesting. <sighs> it's just, you know, it's stupid. They, they've had this car in the European market for a few years. They never brought it here. But now that they have a new generation E-Class, I guess they decided that the Americans need this. I see. Now, when you finish talking about this, I want to go back to the Outback, but go yes. ahead. Okay. Well, no, no, I mean, this is, you know, it, it's uh, the wagon will inherit. It's the inline six-cylinder engine from the other Mercedes vehicles. And so it's going to be badged in E450 uh, all-terrain which I think is also stupid. Uh, but uh, it, the, it's powered by a 362 horsepower, uh, you know, v- inline six-cylinder engine. So there it is. And I say, don't buy it. Buy the regular wagon before, it, before it's gone. So, yeah, that, that's it for that. I'm just Maybe I'm it should very be a 450 sorry. UGL. It's just not pretty. Why? You know, you know they, they, Mercedes are supposed to make pretty cars that are, you know, that are very luxurious and then very, very, very powerful. Not something that looks like it, you know, was a mashup between a Subaru and a Mercedes. Right. Yeah. Now, I have to say, I got stuck in traffic the other day behind a brand new Subaru Outback. Right, the wagon. And you know that I used to have one of these. Um, yes. When I worked for the satellite radio company. Right. And... I really liked mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it, in fact. It was kind of the beginning of a departure from an older design into the next generation design right. for them. And it was kind of sporty looking and mm-hmm. all that. Didn't look like uh, your typical lesbian neighbor's uh, bumper sticker holder. <gasps> and uh, so, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be like that. But um, that was a joke, folks. That's all right. We, <laughs> Don't we, send we, me any letters. We have a lesbi- lovely lesbian couple in our complex that drives a Subaru outback yeah. just like that. Yes. With probably from, cover- from back, Oregon. covered from with, Oregon. with bumper stickers, too. <laughs> from Oregon. Yeah, from Oregon, of course. <laughs> but, you know, um, this is the first time I saw it actually, like, jacked up and as big as it. Is. It's gotten and bigger. It looks like okay. The B nine Tribeca was a was a disaster. <laughs> Let's try calling it an Outback. And well, the B nine was a disaster. It was a disaster. Yeah. But I'm just saying, this looks like the same type of car. It now looks like that that SUV ish kind of vehicle. It's up higher. It's you know, it's, it's their the best, body is their best selling car. Is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's the their, Outback. The Outback is yeah. their best-selling well, I can model. believe that, but yeah. I just I thought, wow, that's a real departure from the previous kind of low-riding yeah. wagon that well, they used to have. Right. It, it, they, it's growing up. And same thing with the Forester, although the Forester looks a little more car-ish. It just looks, it looks just, it just got more upright angles yeah. on it. Uh, it but, didn't look bad. I thought it looked okay. But Yeah. No, the, the, it works for a Subaru. Yeah. I mean, because you expect to see the cladding and, and the, the sort of quasi pseudo out you know off the road look yeah Yeah. outdoorsy look to it yeah and they've cultivated that very well for years and years hey honey let's jump in the subaru and head on down to rei co-op right well and then after that we're going to drive to this lovely bluff that in a in a vaguely off-road way through the forest (laughs) and then look at the and then look at the ocean yeah with our dog of course yeah and our child or head to the mountains and look at a waterfall yeah right yeah Yeah. with our dog right (laughs) there's there's always a dog in the car yeah of course so 
<clears throat> okay, well, ski rack on. <laughs> mm-hmm. well uh, there, another big introduction at the virtual auto show in Geneva was the Porsche uh, 2021 911 Turbo S Coupe and Cabriolet. It's running this, uh, say, it's the same size, a 3.8 liter uh, flat, six, flat six turbocharged engine, although Porsche says it's all new, although it's the same 3.8 liters, so they, I'm sure they redid something to it. Uh, the new car uh, makes uh, 640 horsepower and 590 pound-feet of torque, up 60, po- 60 horsepower and 37 pound-feet of torque from the last version. The turbo itself is 14% uh, larger with variable vein technology. So it's got veins within veins that spin at different speeds depending on how fast you're going. So it's got it's, it's it's very complex. Anything Porsche does is complex, and it's more expensive, naturally. Wow! It's got so it's got veins within a vein, so it's like double vein turbo, so that you get low end torque and high end torque, as opposed to having two turbos or two smaller turbos or whatever. They put you know basically it's more compact and fits in the in the in the car better. And it's not a big car to begin with, you know the nine eleven. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, so they've you know they spent all that money to make that the case. It's all, all routed through. There's so how no- does this all happen? Because it sounds like one of those things where it's like when people say you know guys get those kind of cars to make up for certain size yes. issues, like there's veins involved. Veins, yes. There, it's very veiny. It's double veined. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> the the, uh, the uh, it has a standard is a automatic uh, a Porsche double clutch transmission, uh, no stick shift, uh, sends power to all four wheels. Porsche says it's good for zero to sixty in two point six seconds, just in case you needed to get there quickly. And the Cabriolet is uh, at two point seven seconds, so it's a tick slower because it's a little bit heavier. Uh, it should run the quarter mile in about ten and a half seconds and top out at two hundred and five miles per hour because you need that. Naturally, it's a bargain. The coupe starts at two hundred and four thousand, an increase of ten thousand. But you know, what the heck? What fun is it to have an automatic transmission in a car that does that? Uh, it's faster. Okay. The, the the thing about the PDK, and by the way, most of their sales now are PDK. On a, you know, all of Porsche sales across the board are automatics. Mm. It's just taken over, just like everything else. You yeah. can you can barely find any stick shift cars anymore. Nobody's going to know how to drive one anymore. It's going to come to that, I think. It's I mean, when I get in a stick shift car these days, it's, I have to sort of like remember Stop and re- re- relearn yeah. it. Yeah. I'll, I'll stall it out a couple of times before <laughs> I get it going. But, you know, it's it, it's it's right. you know, if you don't drive them very often, and I know there's plenty of people who have no idea how to drive one. Yeah. You know, they look at it and say, what's that? You know, they look at another pedal and think it's a brake. Right. And, and they push it and nothing, <laughs> ha- they push it and nothing happens. They're, they're sort of startled where they don't realize that they're coasting in neutral. <laughs> so, so, you know, if you have another 204,000, great. The Cabriolet starts at 217,650. Um, they'll start rolling into our shores at the end of 2020. You can start ordering it now. And don't worry, that's before options. And if it's a Porsche, it means options are going to be at least 20% of the price. Because that's what people do. They just buy with lots and lots and lots of options. All right. When we get back, I'm going to talk about my bring a trailer pick for the for the week. And uh, we have other things to talk about. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen. And we'll be right back. See. 
news, weather, truth, and fun. We're iHub Radio, homegrown in the Coachella Valley. For the love of cars, this is All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen as my producer and my assistant today to go through some of the car news that we've got and some of the other things like I even have how Toyota names its models. Who knew? Uh, who knew they actually, there was a reason why a Camry is called a Camry. Uh, but first I'd like to go over my bring a trailer pick for the for the week. And it's in a 1995 Mercedes-Benz S320 with 5,000 original miles on it. 5,000. You have a Mercedes fetish, Todd. Uh, yes and no. I mean, this it depends on how it, these were these were cars this okay this version of the s class which is this one here uh mm-hmm. was the last s class that was engineered by the engineers without the cost accountant saying no 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 <laughs> see see after the after this after these times i have a 95 e3 uh, 300 which is a diesel uh and i keep that you know i just my garage i drive it during the week sometimes uh because i you know i don't know what to do with it but i i kind of like it so it has a you know sort of a classic feel and look to it uh but um these are these are very 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 well engineered cars, and they basically came with every option already on it. You didn't have to load it up with option packages. There was like this car has like the only option that it came with, which was there were two options. There was the cold weather package, which put heated seats and and washers for your headlights, and then there was uh, one for the telephone in the armrest. Remember when you had those? Oh, yeah. You know the built-in telephone in the armrest. Oh, and and also there was a ten CD changer you could get in the trunk. Remember those days yeah, too? I do. Yeah, okay. The, that those were the options that you could get like on these cars. So they basically came loaded. Uh this car, uh let's see. It started life in Connecticut. It was uh, purchased there in Connecticut. Uh, and then moved with its original owner to Arizona. My guess is that's where they retired. And uh, it was bought by the current owner in March of 2019. And he bought it with, you know, just over 5,000 miles on it. And he's only put a couple hundred miles on it since he bought it. What are these people doing? Well, someone found a really good deal, probably. This is probably bought from the estate of, or the kids who inherited right. that kind of thing. And, uh, there, you know, it has it looks like it rolled off the factory showroom floor. I mean, you know, it just, or the factory, then the showroom floor. It has everything on it, the, all, all the things that they the over-engineered. The, the seats are gigantic. It can fit anybody. You know, they can fit any size person, big, small, tall, short, anything. Uh, and it had insulated glass. It actually had double-paned glass. Hmm. Don't break the window. Yeah, they're really expensive to replace. I'm sure. Yeah, it had double. Yeah, you know, it had double plane pane glass. Uh, it uh, has probably wasn't a big seller though in Arizona because it's black, right? Yeah, this was. Bl- yeah, it's black with the uh, with the black interior, basically. Uh, that sounds like torture to me. Well, in Arizona, having gone down that road once, yeah, in, yeah, in Arizona it might be, but I, it doesn't sound like they drove it a lot. No, I mean, you know, if 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 they moved into Arizona after having it in Connecticut, my guess is by looking at it, it was kept in some garage in Connecticut. Yeah, you know, never saw the light of snow. I mean, snow was not Which even. Which package, in. by the way, did they have? Did they have the winter package? They did have the winter package. They have the 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 the. Uh, uh, the uh, heated seat, the heated seats, and the headlight washers. So it has that package on it. So if you're down here visiting from the Pacific Northwest uh, as a snowbird, yeah. uh, maybe uh, take a drive over to Arizona and take your trailer and take this thing home. 
It's in Neptune, New Jersey now. Oh, it's in New Jersey. Yeah, that's that's where the seller bought it from. Oh, okay. You know, that's where the seller is. So bought it in. You know, so it's in Neptune, New Jersey. And the whole point of the, you know, is that you could just put. You probably could drive this cross country. Yeah. For, I mean, just start it up and drive across country. There's really nothing to, you know, nothing really to do on it. Uh, it, you know, it has uh, the paint. Like I said, it's black. They how even, many miles? Five thousand. Wow. Yeah, five thousand. What do they here. want for that? Uh, right. Well, the it, the auction is up to nine thousand dollars right now. Huh. These were expensive cars at the time. I mean, Mercedes used to make really expensive cars. Yeah. Uh, my car, which is an uh, E class, which is the you know the, the so it's the, like you're only paying a buck and a half a mile on that car. That's right. Well, my my car was fifty thousand dollars new in nineteen ninety five. The the Mercedes E class that I have. Fifty thousand new. That would have been like a hundred thousand today. Sure. In today's dollars, and of course, an E class doesn't cost that much in today's dollars because they've taken a lot of cost out of it, and you know, to keep the cost down. And this uh, this S three twenty was probably in the eighties at the time, which again was nineteen ninety five. That was an expensive car. Yeah. You know, because you could get it came in three flavors. It was the S three twenty, which was the inline six, and there was an S four twenty, which was a smaller V eight, and then the S five sixty or five hundred, a five sixty I think at that point, uh, which which was a bigger V eight. So that's all it came in. Those were the three flavors that came in. Uh, and this was the, you know, the, had the smallest engine, but it still has enough to get up and go. They have all sorts of uh, pictures of it with the, the, you know, the people go around with paint meters. Have you ever seen a paint meter? No. You just, it's this little meter thing. You hold it, you just put it on the, on the paint of the car and it shows you how thick the paint is anywhere it is. Oh. And it's a way to find out if there's been body work or something's been oh. done, you know, or how many times it's been, because if you polish it too often, something happens and to it. And what does the meter result, uh, reveal? It shows that there's been no, nothing, you know, still the factory thick paint that's on it there's wow. nothing it's so the, nothing's been, you know it, everything works on this car i mean so it's know, not been sitting out in the elements either no, no i don't think it's been sitting out in the elements in arizona or in uh, in connecticut it's just been you know it's been garage kept and babied along for all these years they, they have pictures of it you know the uh, the the engine the uh, underside it looks literally this brand new question though why did they only want nine grand for it when that's what that well nine grand and there's five days left uh, so I mean, we, I don't know what it's going to go for. There's there's always going to be this this car does have a reserve on it. We don't know what the reserve is. Oh, okay. So I don't know if nine thousand has hit the reserve or not. But there's still five days left to go in this auction. When I looked at it a couple of days ago, it was at seventy five hundred. But this isn't one of the exotic cars that they auction on bring of trailer. This is a, but this is a unique in that it's literally looks brand new. And, and and for twenty five years old, that's amazing to see this i mean you know they they have a lovely mclaren you could buy on there right now it's at a, like a hundred and thirty thousand dollars and it's going to be more than that the mclaren that they're selling was originally purchased in, in newport beach and it was a special order it was a mclaren uh, factory special order of like 20 cars that the same dealer made sure it, but here i'm gonna have to sell for the microphones in the studio to be able to afford it well, the McLaren sold new a couple of years ago for four hundred thousand dollars. That was the factory wow. secret. And by the way, they don't give discounts on those things. You know, you don't go to the McLaren. You you don't go to McLaren of Newport Beach and say, you know, I don't think I've even never seen one. Oh, they're around. Yeah, yeah they're around. I don't even they're, know what it looks like. Uh, well, we'll look at it during the during the break. During but the I, break, sure. Yeah, during the break. But it's a uh, this one. It, it they did they ordered like twenty at, at a time at this dealer, and they all had their own unique paint. You know. 
So there's not a lot of special order from the factories, McLaren's, and there's, they have one for sale on Bring a Trailer, which I thought was interesting. I'll have to check it next week to see if it, if it actually sold or what the auction price it came to. But uh, they've got a lot of exotic cars, and the Mercedes was not a cut I call exotic, but it certainly is a, a, you know, an opportunity to have a brand what new tank. the model number? The Mercedes? On the McLaren. Oh, I'll have to look. There was a special num- number like for a 720S? It, it could have been that. Okay. Yeah, we'll oh, check it. that's we'll, a sexy car. <laughs> they're all pretty good looking. Nice. Uh, this is Todd Bianco yeah, with John McMullen, and you're listening to All Revved Up on I Have Radio. We'll be right back. 